This is AI Podcast. Not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slight different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hello, loyal listeners, and welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence, where we're going to tell you the real and agency intelligence and not the artificial intelligence that they love to teach you out there in the world. And that's why we created this podcast. Uh, now, you guys may notice that I do not have my co-host who's been co-hosting with me, uh, Wesley Anderson. Um, that's because this is kind of a little special episode that uh, I'm doing. First of all, I've never done a podcast on Sunday. It is Sunday, I will tell you right now. And, and it takes that amount of time because the guests we have on here I mean, he's got his plate full and he's wanting more. That's how he is. I'd like to introduce uh, the CEO, the president, the man, the chairman of Zinc. That's Z-I-N-C, uh, Zinc Insurance, Mr. Mr. Seth Zaremba. How are you doing, sir? I am doing uh, wonderful on a Sunday morning cast. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. This is the only time you and I can get together, dude. I know. Like last crazy. week, it was Sunday when we talked, you know? Yeah. So. It works. It works. It works. I, I do need to get upstairs here pretty soon and watch my church. Uh, I, my church is about 60 miles, uh, 70 miles away. So I try to watch it on Facebook Live the best that I can. And I can text my. Uh, well, then let's get you to church on time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the great thing about it is it's Facebook Live, right? So I can just keep rewatching and rewatching it. So, so yeah, that's. Uh, I know, but we're talking about, uh, we're talking about eternal salvation here. Um, I don't want to mess with that. What we're, what we're doing is pretty important, but like your, your forever existence is very important too. Uh, the forever existence, but so is the forever existence of the IA channel. And Seth, that's what you and I, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today because I've got some exciting things. I think a lot of the people in the world know that Jason has totally turned his chip, a uh, ship. Here's the thing. Everybody says something, Seth, and I want to I hit on this real quick. We'll just jump right into it. Is everybody says, Cass, over the last like three, four, five weeks, dude, you know, six, seven weeks, you have like totally like, like, like just churned. Like you're not, you're to totally going towards this agency intelligence. You're going towards this uh, computer learning, IoT, all this stuff. And it's like, guys, this just didn't happen. Seth, I, I renamed my my company. It was called Grow Program until this year of 2018. I rebranded it to Agency Intelligence because I knew that there that no one was talking about this. I knew that there was something happening. So I I kind of felt like I did in 2014, where I knew customer service wasn't enough, and I couldn't find that next thing. And boom, it was customer experience. And now it's like I'm sitting there again. And then I got the agency intelligence and I decided to break that down and I got into the data people process and I realized that's what makes it up. And Sarah and I worked hard to create this. And then boom, this guy, Seth Zaremba, walks into my life. Ironically enough, Seth, I called you right before I went to IAOA for all you loyal listeners. I said it right. I, I, I called you. I said, hey, let's get on a podcast. You said, yeah, let's do it in one a couple of weeks. I said, okay. And then... I get up on stage and deliver what I've been working on for eight months with my keynote, which is uh, um, the Great Separator. Is you're watching it Facebook Live, and hit me up on email going, "Holy shit, bro, you're in my brain." <laughs> that's pretty much how it went down, right, Seth? Yeah, that, I mean, um, I, I watched Facebook Live and I was listening to your your, your set, and I thought for for sure that you had been bugging my office and my brain because everything that you were talking about and, and I didn't understand the level of clarity you had about it, but what you wanted, what you needed and what agents felt that that's what I've been working on. And so I, I think the email said, I, I think you just brain warmed me because um, everything you thinking about and talk that you've been thinking about and talking about is what I've been working on. Yeah, it totally is. And folks, You've probably heard it out there, like, "Oh, Seth, uh, he, he's a, he's that guy. He's out there. He's created this 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 all digital thing." I mean, no one can even explain it. 
And, and, and I think it's like, you've just created this mindset. You've created this way of thinking that is like, guys, there is a different way. And I think there is a different way and we all know it, but it's just like, well, what is that different way? And in a nutshell, from a high level, I mean, take us, first of all, first of all, sorry, sorry, sorry. You, the loyal listeners are do a couple things, Seth. They do a couple things. I apologize, loyal listeners. I'll ask him. Seth, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Uh, droid. <laughs> you are a Droid. Oh, wow. See, see why we get along, loyal listeners? Um, so what's amazing is, Seth, is we, we have this uh, deep divide. Well, you listen to the podcast, but we have this yeah. deep divide of, the, of, the, of this. And then, so what do, you, what do you think has been, has it been luck or skill? That has pro, po, uh, that has propelled you to where you are now. Would you say luck or skill? Um, I don't believe in luck. I I just don't. Um, so I don't also. I also don't think I'm skillful. So I'm always stuck with that question <laughs> because um, I just don't believe in the concept of luck. I don't believe in this universal force conspiring to make things happen for us. And um, I think that's just called life. So since I, I have no belief in luck, then I have to default to skill. But that is in no way Operation Puff Up for Seth Zaramba. I'm, I'm Polish from Cleveland. So that should tell you everything you need to know about me. Yeah, yeah. And you are. You are a humble dude. You are so humble. That's one thing I told Travis when we were getting on the plane after we left and came to see you last week. I was like, man, that dude is super humble. Okay. So do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I love to win. I love to win. Losing some. Um, I've actually gotten so much out of a loss. Um, I don't, I've come to actually not even mind a loss here and there. Um, but the, the taste of blood in your teeth after a victory is just like, I, that's intoxicating to me. And there's not enough of it. There's not enough of it going on for agents these days. So when any agent wins and loves to win and gets to, to do that touchdown dance in their office, um, I swear the universe tremors, uh, hit me and I, and I love it. So love to win for sure. Absolutely. Cool, 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 man. So Seth, I need you to take off your humble hat, put down the humble pie, and I need you to, they, this is an important part because they, they want to relate to you. They want to say, I've heard about this guy or I've never heard about this guy and I hear he's changing the world. How do I relate to him? Seth, take us back as far as you want, doesn't matter, diapers, high school, college, and bring us forward. Give us a taste of who you are right now. Well, I'll start, uh, I'll just give you the last 10 years Okay. Just because that's probably the most relevant part. But uh, I started in, in an independent insurance agency 10 years ago from scratch. And if you remember, it was 2008. Um, in January of 2008, and at the end of 2007, when I was setting it up in my head, because the agency I was working for was about to sell, it was the best idea ever. By August of 2008, um, our whole economy collapsed, and I had a focus in contractors. Um, so oh. with, with with no insurance privilege, with no marketplace to go after, in a startup environment, with no carrier appointments, everything I always had to do was bet on the come. I mean, I didn't have any insurance legacy. I didn't have carrier relationships. So I always had to be thinking about, and I think this goes to where I'm at today, I'm, no one's ever going to hand me anything. So I've got to think five years into the future before they wake up and do it and find the thing that they're going to want and go get it first. And I think over the last 10 years of Zinc, which is my agency, has done anything, um, having no nothing to rest on and always having to go into the future and make it before everyone else as our means of opportunity, I think that's really affected me. And I think a lot of agents are at that point now where it's like, you know what, forget the known. I've got to go to the unknown because the known is completely used up. It has very little value and it's really being built at my expense. So right. I'd say the last 10 years of Zinc have just been, just been growing, building, and focused on technology and, and how we could leverage it to get ahead. And since, since we had very little background, um, that, that mentality has been cooked into all our people. You were there. You saw what we look like. You saw the people involved. And we're, we're that future-focused agency that's trying to figure it out, not just for us, but for everybody. Because there's no point in anybody in this industry doing it for themselves. Uh, if it isn't done for a select group of people that love to win, it's not going to go anywhere. And you used to be a welder and that blue collar. I remember when when Ryan Hanley wrote about you a year or so ago and they got that like blue collar feel. I got that uh, and and I felt that when I was when I was there. Not only are you right outside of Cleveland or maybe that is Cleveland suburb, probably yeah. I don't really know. Um but it is just uh 
the power and the rebuild, right? It's and and even though the economies went through, I mean, Cleveland's had its own downturn in economy for a long time, and and but they've rebuilt, and uh, and I think that's really great, and and it goes to that blue collar mentality, which also is the reason why I think you're most successful is it's just trying to understand what those. What those wants and those needs are. Now, what was amazing is, is real quick, real quick, I thought this was a cool part, something you told us when we were there, Travis and I were. Um, uh, how did you come up with zinc insurance? I like this story. Tell them. <laughs> um, well, it's turned out to be marketing gold, but it really started out as uh, in, ineptitude. Um, when, I, when, I went, <laughs> when I went to incorporate uh, with the state of Ohio for our, our business, I was just looking for something with Zaremba in it and a big family from Cleveland and a very common Polish name. Everything was taken, including Zaremba insurance and all that stuff. So I couldn't figure out a name, but I needed a corporation to file. So I just started Z Inc. And I wrote that on a piece of paper. I came home. I threw it next to the coffee maker. My wife says, what's Zinc? And I'm like, oh, no, no, it's Z Inc. It's actually the name of our corporation. Don't worry. We'll get a real one. But that's just going to be our filing uh, name. And she's like, no. She's like, uh, zinc is the perfect name. She's a science teacher, by the way. She's like, it's the most protective element in the periodic charts. It's, it's if you want to rust proof something, it's got a zinc coating. If you want vitamins in it, the number one ingredient is zinc. If you go to the beach, suntan lotion is zinc oxide. It's the number one element for protection. And I was like, wow. And zinc was born. <laughs> uh, I, I just love that. I mean, for the protection and all, I mean, I just love it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I uh, just, just thought stuff that is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and that just goes to your story as well. And so, so Seth, I mean, no one talks about it. No one talks about data. No one, you know, we're starting to talk about process. Um, it's really amazing. I, I heard a lot of agents after I left, IAOA was the what, innovation was that process. Process was something that they had taken away. I still don't think that we understand the value of our people. And we like to say they're our greatest assets, but I don't think that we treat them that way. Um, I also don't believe that we know our employees the, the way that we think that we do. I think by looking at their activities of whenever they're not at work actually gives them the true meaning. And that's why I believe that some, that's why I say that data can help us in the future to find more who our people are and in and, and, and the process. But let's talk about data real quick. Why? Why is no one talking about this when it's revolutionizing every other industry? The insurance industry is sitting here not doing anything. What are your thoughts on that, Seth? Well, I think most people are thinking in the common context of their environment. And so if you look at um, the industry that we've all inherited, even the innovators, um, it's legacy technology, um, it's legacy behaviors. And it's, it's legacy thinking. And for the longest time, we actually considered that an industry advantage. We called it stability, right? Um, because we don't change, you can trust us. And so I think that's cooked into our DNA um, at every level. But the other reason that we don't think about data is because we never really controlled our process. If you think about it, for every agent listening to this, you got your agency or came in however, and people gave you your choice of, of systems. They gave you your choice of carriers and their systems. And then they gave you the known processes that do it. And you can, and, and I have too, you can fiddle around with it and, and figure out your spin on it. But everything that runs our, our industry was given to us. And in the old days of technology, um, that may have been the way it needed to go. But we're at a first time in human history type of place in the insurance industry where we actually can make and do stuff different. And I always like to follow the money follow the money. And all of those opportunities are being created for us now in this space. And so I don't think people's lack of evolution or their evolution of thinking on data is anything more than environmental. But to your point about other industries, we're watching it in other industries. And now everybody's hitting the panic button saying, wait a minute, where do we have to be on this? What is our position? And how do we leverage it? When is it our turn? And, and I think that's where everybody is at right now. It's just an unevolved thought, but everybody is looking at the landscape, as you pointed out, and saying, okay, this is our moment, but how do we do it? And then, and then we're, we're stuck in these confines 
of of the industry and what they thought was best. You know, one of the things a lot of people don't realize out there, loyal listeners, I may have said this before and I not, but our download and upload system was actually created and modeled off of the United States Post Office. It really was. That's the reason why you get download once a day. Now, I will let you know, majority of the Ivans has opened it up with download, not all the other, not all your companies download um, like Nationwide. Nationwide will download as soon as it hits their main system and then downloads back in. Okay, now whether that's good or bad, that's not where we're having a conversation. I'm just trying to frame your mind into understanding that's what it looked like, right? Like somebody sends you something, you receive it, and if you want, you can send it back to them. But that may not be the most efficient way to do a lot of things, which is the reason why we built social media, which is the reason why we've built other forms of communication other than the mail system, because that was not the most efficient way to create conversation. Um, You need to bring more people into the loop. You need to have more transparency, all these other different types of things. And there's some mediums where you don't want that. Right. It's just that. But but now we're stuck in that, Seth. And 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 I don't want to say stuck. Now we're in that. And I'm wondering, like, I just don't think that Amazon uploads and downloads um <laughs> to their their host sellers, right? No. no. I mean, am I right? I was like, I, I I mean, after hanging out with you and doing some research on myself, the great separate, I'm like, we're the only one doing this shit. I mean, what's up with that? Well, you've got your thoughts. You've got, and, and I don't know the exact number, but a one point three trillion dollar industry built on that antiquated technology, and it's not bad. It's just it's it's that old, you know. Um, who here would be celebrating brakes on their car that are forty years old? You'd get a ticket for that, right? And yet, we've <laughs> we've built a trillion dollar economy on on this legacy way of doing business, and so people are deeply invested in it. It's what works. And again, going back to the whole we're stable thing, um, change in some form represents risk to, to some of the big movers and shakers and the people that have billions of dollars leveraged in this. So I think that's where the stalemate is. But here's what I'll say. And this is what agents need to be thinking about. When I say follow the money, watch where carriers are going. There's a life cycle on technology, Jason. You know this because you're a tech guy, but yep. there's a life cycle and we are at the end of it. So just like any market moves based on cycles, um, the industry is about to move on a new cycle of platform technology. And if you look at what carriers are adopting in in terms of technology and the capabilities that those technologies have, um, we're going to start to move really quick around those. And, And people have heard me talk about APIs. I am not an API expert, except I'm a steel fitter. And if you give me a tool, I'll figure out how to use it. And um, the thing that we've done with APIs is start to map the processes and the technology and create the endpoints for it. And so if you look at this you know, one time in our career cycle moment where things are going to change, the smart agent is betting on the come. They're saying, wait a minute, where are they going? What are the unique capabilities? And what will those capabilities allow me to do to enhance my value in the chain? And so rather than heads down on the next home and auto policy and agency principle right now, should be thinking about the value that they provide and how this new economy of information moving is going to uh, affect them and how they can leverage it to increase their significance in the delivery chain. That's right. And and here's the thing, Seth, this is what's crazy. I think there's going to be a lot of education and I don't think they, uh, see, I've, as I was going to say this, I've thought of like six other things. Welcome to my brain. And I think it's kind of like your brain. I just talk a lot and I think you're quiet, Seth. Um, but I think that it comes down to the fact of, I don't, loyal listeners, here's the good news. This is the good news. That's the other thing too. There is no doom and gloom in this. No. This is actually such good news that for once, the agents will be in control. And I don't want to say solely in control, right? It's a partnership. But, but Seth, something you said to me in Ohio, and I don't think you realize how many just like tidbits I've taken away that just like just I mixed them with the great separator and I've just been coming out with all this stuff. I mean, yesterday I'm on my Facebook group just firing off things that are just in my head. I told my wife, I'm like, man, my brain is going today, you know, because I'm just, I'm, I was painting is what I was doing. I was painting my living room and I just firing this stuff off. But one of the things that you said, which was big is Jason, the agents and the companies always had a really good relationship until somewhere around, let's just say the mid 1980s to where 
there came this direct bill versus agency bill versus, hey, who's going to, you know, we would need these management systems and no, I want you to, co-, you know, all this stuff. And and what happened was, and I love how you said it, you said, Jason, the, the agents were over here and they put up walls and the companies were over here and they finally put up walls. And what it allowed was for the vendors to come up through the middle and be the connection between us, which keeps us separated when in all reality, we need to remove them out of the middle and bring this sucker together like an Oreo, top to bottom, and bam, pop it right together and create that relationship, that partnership again. Yeah, and there's there's a sequence there that's really important. I mean, if you're making pasta, it's it's what? It's eggs, flour, and water, right? You got to have all three. And that's not to say that vendors aren't important, but we messed up. Absolutely. We messed up the sequence bad. And now we're forever beholden to those mistakes. If you look at it, the carriers were trying to solve an efficiency standpoint and a growth uh, efficiency problem and a growth problem. Uh, they knew technology was the issue. Agents were trying to maintain um, their value prop and the way they were doing business because they built a good living. And so they they did. They were resistant to some of the technology change. And, th- and that that gap between us was filled by vendors who ultimately said, hey, we'll solve it. And now we are forever beholden to the, to their limitations of thinking and the legacy of their technology in order to do so. And now you see InsureTech coming in to fill that space. And I love InsureTech, but we got to get the sequencing right. Agents and carriers in the 21st century do not need things between them in order to successfully create scale for their operations and for agents. We can come together now. And we can just unite our technology around the customer, not not agents, you know, preferences and needs, not the carrier's preferences and needs, but unite our technology and behaviors around the customer. And then vendors can come in and innovate in that connection and add to it and increase the value of it. And now you've got your eggs, flour and water. You're, you're, you're cooking with fire. So getting the sequencing right and the relationship right is important. The simple matter is, Jason, the technology state of insurance does not represent our value and our relationship. Carriers love agents. Agents love carriers. The thing in the middle is holding us up. Let's just get rid of the thing in the middle. Let's unite the clans, William Wallace style, and then let's ask the vendors to serve our needs so that we can be more relevant to the customers. That's the sequence we need to get right this time. And it is this time. Ooh, I like it. And it is this time. And that's why I like it. See, if you listen to that, loyal listeners, what he just described was a win-win-win. Yeah. I mean, oh, you call it the four-way win. I like when you always do that, Seth. Yeah, because the customer because the customer wins in that, man. I mean, like here, like let's not forget that we're all living off the table scraps of the customer, right? So if, if the customer wins, if the agent wins, if the carriers win, and if the innovative technology firms win, we can't be stopped. Forget the triple win. If all four of us win, then we're going to be really relevant going forward. So let's work together to do that. Let's get the sequencing right. Let's get the order of priority right. And let's focus all guns on the battle ahead, which is the attention of the consumer. And you know, and what I think is so important right now is we're now going to start seeing that social media, digital marketing 3.0, 4.0, what you want to call it, in the way that change has been about. See, it's taken a while for it to rise to the top because we're such a democratic society in the first place. What was amazing is if you look back at history over the last five, 10 years and what social media has done to other countries, right, where there was no democracy and the first little blimp of the map of um, they use social media to overthrow their governments. It's very, very true. It's been documented somewhere. Somebody, some loyal listener, find this out for me. But back in 19, or I'm sorry, 2009, 2010, somewhere in there, um, when Twitter was really, really ramping up, one of its designers and one of its uh, developers, I should say, um, was from uh, Egypt. And he started sending back um, videos and sending back through messages to his people in in Egypt. And what was amazing was, is that I remember listening to his friends and this guy talk about this. He said that living in Egypt, they only knew because their internet was controlled. They only knew what they were allowed to see, right? They didn't know what they didn't know. But whenever he got a job and was able to get out of the country and went over to California and he's sending his buddies pictures of, hey, look, this is the way it really is over here. All of a sudden his buddies back in Egypt are like, this is a bunch of crap. 
Like we're, yeah. we're all going to get together and we're going to overthrow this thing. And what was one of the first things that Mubarak did is he shut down the, the internet and he shut down social media, but it was already gone at that point in time. I'm bringing that forward to where we are now. This has been happening over the last 20 years in, in, in governments, in businesses, in industries. And this is what's been done. And here it is now to us to where this is where we do have the power. It's to the point now, and this blows my mind, Seth, that, that the companies don't see this. It's like so obvious. Like you can't mess around with Seth in Ohio and, 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 and screw him over. And all he's got to do is go to Twitter and Facebook and he can unite about 25,000 agents in a matter of about a day. You know, and I think that that we don't realize that power. And I think that power, here's where I'm going to throw this to you, Seth. I think that power is what's going to be needed ultimately to get the powers that control everything with their billions of dollars to be able to move the system away from the legacy system, as you talk about. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, I think, um, well, a couple things. You're absolutely right about the power of communication and and we'll talk about the value of it too it's fair to say nobody's ever heard of seth taremba until probably ryan hanley started um being somewhat curious with me um and with his following now you know i'm talking to agents all over i'm talking to all, all over the country i'm talking to carrier ceos i'm talking to social media companies about how to fix that so it's absolutely a powerful um powerful thing and it's something in this moment to create change. It's something that agents can leverage. Now, a lever is a tool. It is not a weapon, right? So um, it's a tool that you can use to make things easier and to to create opportunity that didn't exist before. And, and we absolutely can leverage that, not against carriers, because truthfully, no carrier has screwed me over. Right. Um, you know, maybe they've done some things that are unfair, um, but they could always justify that with a business case. However, because people are stuck in these legacy systems and legacy investments, and since we pay CEOs on complacency in many ways and not on progress, it's going to be hard to get this change to happen. And this is the moment where agents need to think about moving in a pack. Animals learn to hunt in packs. Um, we need to hunt in a pack in this moment. The pack allows us to talk as one voice. Independence is not how we do certificates. Independence is not what we do on our sign. Independence is why we do business, right? And we've confused why we do business with how we do business. And that unintelligent, unevolved thought has fragmented and segmented us to where now we don't have any standards and companies don't have anywhere to program to us. So if we consider independence our why and we, we give up the guns on our how we do business, standardize our process, think in, in terms of um, programming and connectivity and give them standards to come to, they're going to want to do it because they need us. And so, yeah, this is the moment where we need to come together and, and look at how we do business as a lever. But it's not why we do business. Why we do business, that is what makes you independent. And so social media, communication, all those things will allow us to do that. And here's the thing, people, we're connected to the customer. So if we're leveraging those tools and if we can use that as information to improve our relevance and operation, then we actually cement our position as a meaningful leg on the chair of independent distribution. I love that. I love that. That's, a, oh, man. I tell you, a lot of you may have, you need to back it up 10 minutes. That, that, that was good stuff right there, Seth. That was good. I, I, Seth, another thing that I've got here right now, one of the things that came to me last night, and I think that this is very, very important. Now, I don't expect you loyal listeners to understand this, okay? Because it's like a lot of stuff. And I mean, the, 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 there will be a book coming because there's just too much knowledge, especially after Seth and I mixed up and I realized that I wasn't crazy and he realized he wasn't crazy. There's too much stuff coming out. So, but I, I want to, this is something that came to me yesterday, Seth, was um, soon we were going to have two types of business owners. We're going to have one who validates and builds their ego and their riches on insurance commissions for themselves. I'll say that again. The first time will be one who validates and builds their ego and riches on insurance commissions for themselves. That will be one type of business owner. And then the other type of business owner will be one who validates and builds their customer experience on the wealth of behavioral data that can create 
value for others. So I'll say that again, one who validates and builds their customer experience on wealth of behavioral data that they can create for others. So I think one is basically saying, I'm going to build my ego and my stance in the world based on how much commission I can um, create for myself. The other one says, I'm going to build and validate my, my business on creating a customer experience with the wealth of behavioral data that I have and that I can leverage for other people or that they can leverage for me, uh, essentially is what we're saying. And I know that's so far out there for people, but I want you to realize it's very simple because Seth, I'm getting this call a lot from agents saying, okay, Jason, if data is the thing, what should I be collecting? All the time. I don't know if you've got that question, Seth, but that's the question I get. If data is the thing, what's the data I should be collecting? And it's cool that they don't understand but it's that data, you explain that to me that sometimes, like if I have a, you have a date of birth of somebody, that's a point of data. But Cass, I, I can't do anything with that data. We have to find out what were the behaviorals and the actions that led you to getting that date of birth. Is that the right way to say it, Seth? Yeah. Um, so, so back up just two seconds on that. Okay, um, okay, the okay go ahead. The, the two types of agencies, because I want to speak to that, because that's a very powerful thought. And when you identified in the great separator, that second one, that's when I knew we were on the same wavelength. So I don't want to gloss over that. The, okay. lifestyle, the lifestyle agent, that ego-driven, wealth-driven guy or gal has that economy um, in front of them right now. And, and I would ask you, how does it look? The economy of that person right now, that agency is not looking good. The margins are not there. The distribution methodology is not there. And the carrier and customer appreciation of that model is not there. If you're investing in that, you might as well, you might as well pick up a couple of shares of Enron while you're at it too, because um, they're going to the <laughs> same place. For you kids, that was a story you can Google. Um, 2002. Yeah. But to the data-driven one and the behavioral data-driven one, who I am and who you are, um, there's a new economy around that. And the margins that made that old guy rich, um, that put the second car in the garage or the condo on the policy, that money now needs to be leveraged in the systems, the people, and the process to start aggregating that behavioral data. That behavioral data has two values. It has the value to the organization. You can learn a lot from that. And the tools are coming. And you and I talked a lot about that when you were in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. The tools are coming when agencies can use that push-pull, that cause-and-effect data that's running through their system that only they have can drive tremendous value to them. But to your point, it can also have tremendous value to people trying to support our process. That could be carriers. That could be social media companies. Yes. That could yes. be marketers. All, everybody wants to understand the interaction and the relationship that we have with our clients and the successful behaviors that drive agencies like yours and mine. The systems don't currently exist for 99.9% .9 of the world to do that. They're coming. We'll talk more probably in future about what I'm doing about that, but they're coming. So agents need to be thinking about that new economy and who you want to be. If you want to be that old guy, go ahead. You can be that person. You've got five, 10 years left. Enjoy the ride. If you want to be the person who's focused on right. data and using data to drive the value of their business and the value to the customer, you need to be thinking about data and the economy around it in a completely different way. So setting up your agency and creating margins and organizing your behaviors is something that's going to be extremely valuable going forward. Now is the time to be pocketing money, not spending money, because soon you're going to be asked to deploy it for very strategic reasons. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and and here's the thing also to elaborate on that, that I started thinking about based on that, that question of, oh, should I be, so what should I be collecting the data of this data, this data? And when I, 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 this is the way that I thought about it after I left Cleveland was, is it's the data I'm collecting now is, it, this is the wrong word, but it's 
categorical. It's it allows me to 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 categorize people. Yeah. So I know that this person's 40 years old and is a male. I think that's important. I need to know that so I know who that person is. But what are the behaviors that this person goes through on a daily basis is where my data, that's where my value comes in. And I and I think that that's important. I really just think of Facebook, right? Like they know I'm 40, they know I'm a human or I'm a male, they know I'm white, they know I'm I'm leaning Republican. Okay, so now that we know that, we can put him in categories, but we can ja- we can take all the other behavioral stuff and actually analyze it to say this is actually who this 40-year-old male who leans Republican matches up versus these other 40-year-olds who are white males who lean Republican. I think that's that's the part that we're missing there is is harnessing that data of the behavioral data. Yeah, so that's that's called correlative um, behavioral data. So if you can correlate, correlative. Yeah, you if you can correlate um, why something happened and and what happened and then the outcome, and you can understand the connections between that, you can use that to create insights, and those insights can drive future behaviors. Now you need the tools to do it, and the tools are coming. So just hold on. But you need to be thinking about that way. And who and Jason, this is for all your listeners who are agents. This is you have that relationship. You have the correlative interaction data points that everybody needs to drive the motors. So by investing in the sophistication of your operation, by investing in the process of your organization and the people that drive your organization, you are in the catbird seat, but you cannot be that lifestyle agent focused on your next vacation. You have to be the one loading up the guns and and going to market with behavior, process, and data and technology that allow you to be that meaningful point because that is coming to your front door very, very soon. It is that way now at Zinc, and it is starting to be that way at many other sophisticated agencies. And like it or not, that is the new fight. And if you like to win, like I said, I like to win, then you got to come guns up on that strategy. You know what, Seth, I was just thinking of this, listening to you talk like, wow, this is great. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Brain's already going again. Okay. So, so like, if you look at it on two ends of a spectrum, so on one end of the spectrum over here on the left side, we have the old school agent, what I call their traditional in my four models. We have this person over here who phone rings, they answer it. Person says, hey, I need to add or delete a vehicle. They write it down on a yellow pad of paper. Um, they don't have an AMS. Uh, they might keep it in an Excel file, maybe not. And then they turn around and they call the company and they do it. They do it through the change line, or let's say they may send an email where they make the endorsement. I guess they could go online to the company's thing and do the endorsement. And then that would be it, right? They would wait for the company to send it off. So this is like the traditional agency. And I'm thinking, okay, now think on the totally opposite end of that. Think of where we are right now, not in the, I've got four models. I don't want us to go to the automated model yet, but I want us to think about a high efficiency data agency today. What's ironic is, is the touch points that we give the customer create the allow us to be able to create the behavioral data that comes from it so if i create a great customer experience and i have online bill pay i have online servicing i have a mobile app i'm using e-signatures i'm using my marketing campaigns to track and cookie my clients to follow around to figure out where they're going so that we can provide a better experience and un and not only meet their expectations but meet their unexpectations of things they don't even know they need when i'm bringing that all together, every one of those creates a data point. So I want you loyal listeners to think right now between that old traditional agency of where I am on the left and this highly efficient agency that you want to be on the right, you have to realize that the closer you get from the left to the right allows you to have more touch points. We always say, and and Seth, I say this a lot, we say that we sell an intangible product, but not to the consumer today. Uh, The consumer today, e-signatures, mobile apps, online bill pay, those are all tangible things and they expect that, right? The the, the, the policy is just kind of expected, but they're also expecting tangible things. And I think the the benefit of those tangible things as I wrap this up is, is that it allows you to create touch points that allow you to track behavioral data. And I think that's the, vi- the what's so valid and what you can do to prepare is to start increasing that customer experience in a process that's going to allow you to maybe have more data to correlate. 
And here's and here's to complete your thought and for every, for everyone who listens to you. I know you've been talking about a lot lately the value of data. When you automate that process, you understand things about the customer and you track the customer in ways that nobody else in the channel can. Now you correlate with our existing data, which is the outcomes, and you can begin to learn what is the most important thing in the moment. So think about that, friends. If if you understand what time people call and and if you understand how many steps in the process you go through, and then you can see the, the correlative results or outcomes that show better retention, show um, longer customer uh, retention or longer customer satisfaction, all of those things now can be tied to behaviors and those behaviors then become extremely valuable. So as the systems come up to, to automate that process, now you are the most important part of the distribution channel. Instead of getting kicked around as the agent that we're trying to get rid of, you're the person that has that information. The systems are coming. That's exactly what I'm working on right now is to make that happen. But we can go from zero to hero, but you got to want it. It's not going to be easy. You better get ready to get roughed up. You're going to get grass stains. You're going to get cut. So that's what you got to be getting ready for now. Seth, they were told this about the internet, though. They were told this about email. It was going to change the game. They were told this about the facts. Man, social media, digital marketing, online, direct-to-consumer, it's going to eliminate them all. And now here we are again, Seth, saying it. What's different? The relationship. We have the relationship. So all of those are data points or behavior points or waypoints by which we interact with the customer, but we still have that human thing. There's still something about cash showing up on a Thursday morning after an accident and saying something. There's still something about the advice we give. Is it a different value than it was in the past? Absolutely. But what used to be just what we do is now what we make. And that's what agents need to think about. Their relationship needs to be process ties so that they can be makers of data. So instead of just doing your thing, you need to be in systems that document the waypoints. And those documented waypoints now can be related to the outcomes. And boom, you just became the data millionaire because that is exactly where all the money is going in the future. And that is from the carrier standpoint. That is from insure tech and vendor standpoint. So it better be your standpoint. If you don't get in on this now, and if you're not thinking this way now, you will be horse and buggied, and you probably deserve to. That's right. And you may say, "How dare he, horse and buggied?" And you just here. Here's what I got to say, loyal listeners. Here, here, maybe this is he. There's a lot of different ways you can take that, and here's the way I take it. I'm doing everything I can to create that experience. I know a lot of people are, yeah. and 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 I can't have that customer. It's kind of like my story of Deborah, the Geico story, uh, loyal listeners that you heard me tell a long time ago. She was with Geico for four and a half year, four years. She went with another agent in town for a year and a half, and then she's calling me and she's telling me she's going to go back to Geico because we don't provide the same amount of value that Geico does. This is a lady who left our competitor came to us, gave us the opportunity, and she's now hopping back there because the terrible experience that she got. I love that agent in my town. He's a good friend of mine. But if he goes out of business, he does a service to us insurance agents. I hate to say that, Seth, and that's just mean. And I don't want anybody to it's go true. out of business. But it's it's hindering our industry and taking millions of dollars, billions of dollars out of our pockets. We share a brand, and that brand is customer experience. And if any agent anywhere is disrupting that brand by not performing to a set set of standards that the customer determines, not us, if, if any one of us ding that brand, we all go down with it. And so, you know, here, this may not sound like the most kind thing, but it is absolutely true. If you're bringing down my brand because of the way you're doing business, then you're hurting me and you're hurting us as a channel and you're hurting the customer. You don't deserve to have a business that hurts the customer or your channel. And, and that's just the reality. I don't think that's, I don't think that's bad. It might be sad, but it's not bad. Yeah. It's just called being real. You know, yeah. um, I tell my client, I tell my staff this, now you have to understand this from the full, uh, full arrangement of it. Okay. Cause it sounds a little harsh, but I've told them this and I remind them every once in a while is that, this is a ship. This agency is a ship and it is sailing and everybody has to do their job for it to sail perfectly. Everybody. And I can't understand that everybody can't always do their job perfectly. So I'm understanding of that and we'll help out each other whenever we need to. 
But if you decide that you're going to be defiant, you're going to try to even stir mutiny, if you're going to try to be a negative infectious on somebody else, then what I will do is I will make you walk the plank. And I will make you walk the plank in a minute. And I have no problem removing you from this ship. And people will sit there and go, oh, wow, not my, not my employees have been with me forever because I've never fired, fired anybody. And I'm telling you, they would say I'm the best place in the world to work for because I'm just nice and funny. Travis is the serious butthead. So anyway, so it's just like you, you just, you're looking at this and I'm saying, I will make you walk. And then I look at Sarah and I say to her, I say, Sarah, the reason why I would make you walk is because I have to protect Sean. Yeah. I have to protect Andrea. I have to protect the, our other Sarah. I have to protect me. I have to protect Travis. I have, I have to protect Pam. I have all these people that I have to protect. And if you're going to try and bring, bring us down, I don't mind getting rid of one of you for the sake of us all. And, and, when I, and then when I end with telling that to Sarah is I do the same thing for you. Uh, no one's going to hurt you. No one's going to harm you. We're not going to let this go. And that's how the way I feel. And, and that's kind of translates over to what we're talking about here with agents is I love you. You're an insurance agent. You've had a great life, but at the same time, you're hindering a lot of things. I also want to talk about something real quick with Seth, with uh, data. I want to throw this out there. There is a notion out there that we don't have access to our data. I want to actually say that that's not entirely true. You can get access to your data. The files that come from Ivan's, you can open those files up. It's a mess. It's not easy. But I just want to say that out there because there's agents who I think that's the one bad thing yeah. about these uh, groups sometimes, Seth, is that it's easy to stir poison. It's, just, it's easy to steer the wrong information. Do not get me wrong. It's not easy. You're going to get a converter. You're going to need to do all different types of stuff. But it is possible to get access directly to your data, and a lot of MGAs and stuff do it so that they can create their own download to their sub-agents. So it is possible to get your own, own, own data. Would you like to elaborate on that, though, Seth? Yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, the, the data is out there. Um, the systems, the sophistication it takes to get them and to use them is 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 out of reach of most agencies. Yes. I, I think the biggest issue is you don't own your data. And think about that. I mean, think about in the United States in 2019 that that you create and make data and you don't own it, that you're beholden to everybody else to get a hold of what you created and what you should rightfully own. And so if if I get fired up about one thing, it's it's the fact that agents don't own their data. I can honestly say we can't go that deep. We can't go that deep. But I you you explained data in a way that I want to explain data to to agents in the future. Okay, yeah. And the reason is they just couldn't get it. I mean, and, and it's not that they can't get it. It's just that was a very deep conversation that we had, a long conversation. And then you ended it with, Jason, here's how I see data with the pen. And it was just like, I yeah. mean, Travis and I talked about that for 30 minutes, probably on the way home. About, <laughs> I mean, we did. We were like, I'm oh my. You, get, you got me fired up. I get, I get into that zone because it's just like, it, 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 yeah, but more, more on that later. Yeah, sure. no, I just, it's like, people don't understand how data should work, including me until you told me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, you own the data at your point in time that you need the data. And then you, yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. Okay. So, yeah. So anything you want to add here? I mean, anything you, you're wanting to say, anything you felt as if I've skipped over or something like that? No, I think I, I just want to tell agents why all this matters. Cause you might be thinking like, this is a nerd fest on a Sunday between Jason and Seth, or you might think that this is like a, uh, oh, it's a 15 year issue and I'm out way before that, or it's a trickle down economics. They'll figure it out and then it'll get down to me. You, you might have lost in this overall conversation today and in general, the importance of what happens and what's happening right now. There's a game going on around this. And what I've learned in this um, over the last four years of, of really digging into it, it there, there's a game going on. And if you don't know it, you're the game. So let me just talk about why this matters. Cause I think I think that's what really matters most to agents is understanding what's happening. When you look at when you look at the value of of information, it, it is it is without question the most valuable thing going forward. And if you look at the importance of the organizations who make it and own it, they rise to the top of every economy, of every institution, of every industry. Um, the people who can best use it are the ones who who will ultimately be successful. Our industry has not yet come to that point, but we're the last. I mean, so we've watched every other industry, including hamburgers, for goodness sake, walk through this turnstile. So it's not like what I'm telling you isn't true. Just look at any other industry 
and look at what's happened. It is coming to us right now. And so the winners and losers are being chosen right now. So if you look at your behaviors and you're saying, how do I, what do I do about this? What, if this is really true, if this is really happening, if, if they're revolutionizing hamburgers and it's about to come to me, what do I have to do? You have to decide to be different. You have to be decide to run a business, not an agency. An agency is really an insurance operation. That is no longer who we are or what we do or the value we have in the chain. If you're going to puff out your chest about being an insurance agent, you're, you're fighting the wrong fight. Is it noble? Yes. Is insurance expertise and knowledge important? Yes. But is that the game that's being played? No. So if you're a business, what do you need to do? You need to invest in, and this is when you were talking the great separator. It's when I was like, okay, he gets it. You need to invest in the people. Do our, the, the roles that we have now in insurance agencies are not the roles that we need to have in our businesses. That's right. You need, Woo. you need to invest in your process. So if if data creation is important and if the journey needs to be documented, you need to be thinking about documenting and mainlining and streamlining your processes so that technology, the third piece of it, can come in and start to capture that. And when it captures that, you'll need the technology to make the data. And that's coming. And Cass is going to talk a lot about it in the coming weeks and months, but it's coming, right? And those data, that data mm -hmm. becomes insights that drive what you do and make you more valuable. So invest in your people, document your process, understand that technology is going to play in a very important part of making data. And that data will become insights that generate greater returns for you and your business more value to your customers, and it will also be leveraged to inform the rest of the industry on how to better serve you as an agent. That's the blueprint. That's the game that's being played, and we're all at different levels of it, but you need to understand what the game actually is, and I don't hear enough people talking about it. Seth, so you, you, you helped me out here. So, okay, so in 10 or 15 years, they're going, we're going to hopefully be uh, to where we need to be and we're going to be sharing data and you know maybe we have something better than ivan's maybe some we don't but that's 10 to 15 years away right uh no it's right now when you say right now like that that means like like 2023 2025 something like that no it's right now it's um the, the tracks are being so you're talking yeah the tracks are being laid right now now is the train going across the country yet no but the tracks are being laid follow the carrier investments they are investing in the platforms what do those platforms do they have greater and different connections what do those connections do they move data how does that data affect what you do that's what you need to be thinking about that's happening right now you just don't see it because it's not sitting in your agency on a tuesday morning in february staring you in the face but that does not mean that it's not happening. That does not mean that it's not sitting on a Tuesday morning staring somebody in the face. He said that notice the train, he said the train's not rolling across the United States, but the train is a rolling. Oh, it's rolling. And so, oh, it's rolling. It's rolling. And, and you may say, well, what do I need to do in the meantime? You guys got me hyped up. You guys got me scared. You guys got me excited. You guys got me wanting to do something. Just, just do what you do. And as he said, Start thinking about the different ways. I love it. If you're going to sit around and think that the value of you is to sit there and sell insurance, do not get me wrong. That is a major important part, guys. Okay. That's like trying to say that price isn't important. Guys, price is important. We just don't want that to be the only value, right? That this is important that you start looking and thinking about it. And I'm just going to tell you, this is, this is not shameless self-promotion. This is just being real. You need to pay attention to things like this podcast. I'm saying that you need to start understanding that some of the groups you hang out on on LinkedIn and Facebook are actually not thinking this way. They're not putting you in that frame of reference. I think some of those Facebook groups, you see me in them all the time. And the only thing I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to skirt people back with the herd so that like you just don't understand I'm trying to help you is what I'm doing, but I'm not going to sit around in those things. You guys heard me say it on the stage. You've heard me say it before. Jim Rohn says, um, never take advice from someone with a, a smaller W-2 than you. I hang out at the agent agency intelligence mastermind because I'm the dumbest person in the room. 
And it, you don't have to hang out at agency intelligence. That, that's fine. I think it's the best out there because I think it has, we have a little bit of mixture of like you have the Seths in there, you have the Steve Andersons in there, you have people in there who are littler than me, bigger than me um, as far as revenue, understand data. Un Where do you think I come up with this stuff from? I come up with this from these people that you hang around. And I want you to not panic, but you need to start hanging around these people little things that click into your head and you think, whoa, I kind of caught that and understand that. Write that down. Start looking at what other industries are doing. I released a podcast. I don't know if it was before this one or after this, but I even told you about this, Seth, is Dan Burris. Um, he's a futurist. This dude, this dude freaking gets it. Wait until you guys yeah. see this podcast I just did with him. I, I just didn't do it. I did it like a year, year and a half ago, but I just re-released it because it was so unbelievable but he talks about i ask him point blank i ask him point blank seth this guy's a futurist he wrote books back in the 70s and 80s that if you read him today you'd be blown away and he talks about how he can see the future based on two things hard trends and soft trends he said soft trends will come and go but they'll give you a little bit of an insight he said but the hard trends are what you make decisions on for the future You've got to know the soft trends in order to support the hard trends, but the hard trends are what you look at. And I said, what, and for, as an insurance agent, I said, what is the hard trend? What is the thing that makes you just say, this is where we're going and this is what it is? And you know what he said to me, Seth? This was awesome. This is a futurist. He said, the biggest thing I know that tells me where you're going is relationships. It's the most important thing you have. And I sat there and I was like, yeah. whoa, this dude's like in his 60s or 70s. He's a futurist. And he's telling me that relationships are the most important thing that I have. That blew my mind. And then, and Seth, and this is the thing I was telling you about when I was in Ohio. He, tell, he explains it into um, a lawyer and says that you're going to have a lawyer that you can get to represent you who has read every law book ever created, every law outcome, every uh, judge, a, a decision, all that. They've read everything in the history of the world, and they've done it in about five seconds with this little computer next to them called them Watson to provide their client the better experience that they've ever had. Or you could buy the lawyer who has 15 paralegals who are searching desperately to try and find the right judgment to support their case to get you off or to put you away. And, and they're paying these people and it's like, well, we need more. We need to be able to research more. Well, let's hire more people, right? That's the agency. That's the law firm of the past. And it's looking at this and saying, no, how can we be more strategic by providing a better service, a better product to our client, but yet doing it in a way that humans just can't do? I think that's the key. Humans just can't do it. And I want you to listen to that, Seth. I will. And, and I think you know, here, if you, to the soft trend, hard trend, to your point, um, I see, you know, and I, I hang back. I'm not like, I try to keep my head down and just do the work. Um, I'm being kind of brought out of it around what we're doing. But, um, if you look at, there's too much conversation in our industry about the soft trends, too much content, too much writing about the soft trends and the soft trends will get you results. I see a lot of young insurance professionals following the soft trend stuff what what they don't know is it might work and those soft trends might work and now it drives it back to your business and your business has no way of measuring it of accounting it of making a process and so they're doing all of this stuff based on the soft trends but they have no existing system to make those soft trends valuable or part of a business process and so i see content creation i see video i see all this stuff and oh my god what if it actually works now it drives business you don't know why you don't know how you've got no standards right you've got all of these things what i'm focusing on is the hard trend which is the systems and the value that we drive and how we automate that process the hard stuff is what nobody wants to talk about because it's not sexy and because it is boring and who wants to talk about systems and all that but since nobody else would really jump into this fray no one would actually do the hard work on that that's where i'm spending my time and i come up for air on shows like this or to do whatever but you should know one thing if you don't hear or see from me that's because i'm in the lab and I'm working on the things that support us going forward, the really hard stuff, the unsexy stuff that nobody wants to talk about, but that's super important. When you flick that light switch, we take it for granted, but there's a lot of engineering that goes between, you know, making that light bulb come on and the thought about, I need light. And that's the stuff that, that I'm focused on and the stuff that, that, that you're focused on and, and, and that your, your guest was focused on. Seth, you are, um, 
I know you're too humble. And I think if you said this to any human, even if they had a he ego, they'd probably answer the same way. But I know you. I know what you have going. Everybody soon is going to find out. But what's amazing is, is that I don't think, um, I don't think you know. I don't think you know. I don't think you, you know, when the world decides to change and culture changes or societies change or industries change, it's always amazing how the right leader comes along at the right time. And I think that's who you are. And I don't know if you need, if you realize it, and that's fine. That's the sign of a truly great leader. It's just, I'm just here to lead a cause. I'm here to lead people. I'm here because I see things differently. I'm here because I'm a visionary. I'm here because I feel I have a better mousetrap. Whatever those could be for any type of leader who's going forward, you're so humble and you're so understanding of where we need to go. Um, just like you said, you, you don't come up for air much. No majority, that's usually somebody's focus. One of the things that Travis and I have talked about a lot for the last week is, is your mission for this, like what your mission is. And I know it at a detailed level, and so does Travis. And it's so nice to say, never once did you say, Seth, and guys, when we do this, we're going to make no, a shitload no. of money. No, I never heard you say that. I never heard you say that one time. It was all about, we're going to do this because it's better for the customer. It's better for the industry. It's better for the agent and it's better for the carrier. It's a four-way win, Cass. And that's why it's so important that we do this and that the, this is what I love you said, and that this stays in the hands of the agents. And, and Seth, it's incredible that you think that way. And like I said, it's not ironic that people have a cause or a thought or a vision but it's amazing how when you see transformation in industries, that right leader always came about at the right time. I'm really glad the economy collapsed. I'm really glad that you decided that you didn't want to do welding anymore. I hate it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that you look back on now and you're like, oh, so that's why that happened, right? But uh, I'm really glad you did. And I want to leave it with this, man. I want to leave it with this. One of the greatest things that you said when I was in Ohio, I came home and told my wife. And uh, I think that this is so true to so many loyal listeners out there, so many people who are entrepreneurs, so many people who are business owners, so many people who, have, who are just trying to make their dreams happen, so many people who are waking up and realizing like, wow, this is who I am. And I never realized that I would have this much success. Uh, I would never have this much love. I would never be surrounded by this many people. I think you've all had this and we're leaving and we're driving back and we get in the vehicle and it's really cold and wet. And Seth, we're all in the vehicle. I'm in the passenger seat, Travis in the back, Seth's driving. He's got this big foofy scarf that he wears. And, and he says to me, I said, you know, I said, I just drive my wife nuts. And you're getting ready to turn onto the street. And you looked at me and you said, Jason, you know what she tells me? She knows that I'm going to change the world, but she says, honey, just tell me when you changed the world, okay? I don't need to know about it all the time. And, and that's something we can all relate to, Seth. That's something we can all relate to, you know? Oh, no, it's the best. And um, that you coming out and visiting us and, and really digging in and, and the work that you do and talking and communicating agents and, you know, all, all this stuff is happening in the back room and, and the, the way you bring it out and put it in agents' hands is awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. Seth, this is this has need to have been done a while back, but as we just said, everything happens for a reason. And I think that this has come together uh at the perfect time. So obviously you and I are gonna be doing a lot more talking. I promise you, loyal listeners. I'm just gonna tell you once again, I'm because of the sensitive nature of the of what's going on, and you guys have all been a part of something that, you know, has to have to keep low on until everything's done and not everything. I mean, we're going to start ramping some stuff out. I'm going to be very limited on what I talk about on the podcast. That's just because I've been asked to, Hey Cass, we've been working on this for three or four years. We're almost there. So, but I want to let you know that you can carry this over into AI mastermind. Okay. And why do I charge $99 a month? I'm just going to say it. I want to keep the quality in and I want to keep the riffraff out. That's the way that it is. There's uh there's a hundred and some of us agents in here. Here, I'm looking right now. There's 114 members in here. And these 114 people are who I learn from. These 114 people are where I gather my ideas. 
And these 114 people have invested so much in me that I'm doing everything I can to invest in them. And, and you've done everything you can to listen to me since 2013. But I want to tell you that it's time to take that next step. Maybe the insurance, maybe our agency intelligence is not it. Uh, that's cool. I'm cool with that. I'm just telling you it's time to get with those forward-thinking people. Create your own group, whatever it is. But it's time to get with those people and say, how do we get better? Seth, I appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks for everything you're doing for the industry. Tell your wife that it's true. The change is coming. Just leave her alone until then because that's what my wife, when I told her that, Seth, she was like, oh my God, I totally understand how this lady feels. <laughs> well, now I got you. So I'll just, I'll just text you uh, in the middle of the night. All right. Hey, everybody. This has been Jason Cass and uh, Seth Zaremba with, uh, with Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we try to tell you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial intelligence that the industry tries to make you believe. This has been Jason Cass, and I am out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high-quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.